0: To ruin at the Bowl, you're home for everything CMU sports-related. I'm such a sports editor, Mitch Fosberg. Here's your host. Let's talk everything CMU sports. Uh, but before we get into our interviews, let's talk about this week's upcoming action for the Chippewas. Starting first with CMU Field Hockey. They have a pair of home matches. The last two home games of the regular season. Well, two last uh, regular season games, honestly. Um, those will be on Friday, October 29th. And Saturday, October 30th, both of those start at noon and will be against Appalachian State. Uh, Ashley Berkness and I sit down and talk about this past weekend's games and preview this slate also. Coming off the heels of a double overtime senior day win, CMU Soccer has their last regular season game. They are on the road at Eastern Michigan University. A win or a loss by Miami of Ohio and they are in the MAC tournament. That game is slated for a 3 o'clock start on Thursday, October 28th in Ypsilanti. CMU football coming off a 338 just kick-in-the-gut loss to Northern Illinois. Christian, and I break that down, and we just slightly tease what we could see in their next game, a Wednesday game in Kalamazoo against those pesky Broncos from Western Michigan University. And then finally, CMU volleyball we talked about last week. A three-game stretch that was honestly from hell. They got a big win uh, on Wednesday against the Eagles of Eastern Michigan. Flaming we're still talking about them. However, the series at Miami, we talked about maybe it's a chance they could turn things around. 3-0 and 3-1 losses, respectively. We'll T- talk with Sean Chase about that whole slate, too. But also this week, a pair of home matches. If you haven't a chance to come out to so see me volleyball and support them, this is your chance. Friday, October 29th at 6 p.m., Akron comes in the loss against the Zips. Again, 6 o'clock at McGurk Arena. And then Saturday, October 30th, home at 4 p.m. against the Bulls from Buffalo. Buffalo makes a long trip to Mount Pleasant, not vice versa. Thank goodness. Again, 4 p.m. at McGurk Arena, Simi Volleyball against Buffalo. But, enough talking about volleyball schedule. Let's, let's, let's have our volleyball discussion right now. So, we were talking last week. Three cr- big road games. They got one against Eastern, but two against Miami. Uh, not that great. Joining me now, of course, Mr. Sean. Chase. Sean, how are you doing on this fabulous Monday? Pretty good. How are you? It's Monday. It's yes, rainy. Sir. It's wet. I'm still driving my stuff off <laughs> the walkover. So, let's talk back track here for a second. Wednesday against Eastern. Get a big five-set win. I was able to watch the back half of that. It just seemed like the end a set four and the set five. They just... It seems they like found their groove. Do you agree with that? And also, just like break down that match for us.
1: Yes, sir. I completely agree with that. Actually, that was one of the things Gallic touched on after the match. But it started out; they took set one. They were looking good, and then they just let Eastern back in. They keep trading matches with people, as Gallic said. They cannot terminate. But we get to the end of the set, and he said, coming out of set four, they felt like they felt they they felt like they saw something they could capitalize on. And when they came out, they. Put it on them in the fifth
0: set, fifteen seven. It wasn't even close. I mean, obviously, the weekend that so we talked about. You know, Miami's going to be tough, but we can't touch it too. Miami was down this year. Maybe there's a chance. Yes, sir. Um, were we even close to writing that statement? Unfortunately, no, we were not. They, so, it took one out of seven sets. There you go. Friday was a 3-0 sweep. Saturday was a three one
1: loss. Talk to me about those two matches. It didn't go their way, but. Finally, Savannah Thompson got back on track. She struggled because teams have made it a point to shut her down. You know what I mean? She's so good that, like, they don't want to see her go off on them. The second match, the first one, the 3-0 sweep, nothing really went their way. They had... They did up. They pulled up, hold up.
0: Some like my issues here. It happens. We're college kids still, there, folks. We exactly. have a few issues here and there.
1: But the first one, the 3-0 sweep, didn't really go their way at all. They... It didn't feel like they were in it. Coach Golick said, "I feel like we kind of played to their record a little bit, because they were the worst team in the MAC. Point blank, Miami was one and eight in the MAC going into this weekend. They are not anymore. But then Saturday's match, Savannah Thompson said a career high twenty five kills. They battled a little bit, but it wasn't close of the whole way.
0: What was Mike's? Uh, how was Mike talking after those games this weekend? What was his, what was was like his temperament?"
1: He was exuding frustration. That's that, the best way to say it.
0: That's a good way of putting it. Uh, well, just over, like, exactly, what was he just most frustrated about, really?
1: That they would get, they beat him to 20, they beat him to 18 or 19, and then they let him catch up. Six uh, six straight points to win a set, or they'd be up and then they battle. The one went 29 27. That's just a heartbreaking loss there because you're battling with everything you got. And he wants the seniors to step up point blank, he said. So. Yeah.
0: So, what's it looking right now? They're three and eight in the MAC, lost eight of the last ten. A fun stat I found out too before we talk: they're three and eight in the road and four and three at home. Five of the next seven are at home. How, in your point of view, how crucial is that? That this last gasp stretcher is mainly at home.
1: I think that's the biggest point for them, and I I hope people show up for the games because when that when McGurk is rocking, the volleyball team plays well. But as you and I'm glad you pointed it out, they have struggled on the road. So to be able to come back home, try to break this slump with Savannah Thompson hitting 25 kills, she hit over 300 hitting percentage. Like, there everything is lining up, so they could roll Akron Friday night.
0: Just gonna say here too, folks, if they catch hot in seven game win streak, they're tend to think the Mac out of nowhere. Like that, they, they still have a chance to pull 500 here. But yes, sir. but before we can talk that. Two matches this week that are going to be crucial. You mentioned Akron on Friday and then Buffalo on Saturday. Fortunately, neither of those games are road trips because that Buffalo's a doozy. Yes, Especially a doozy now with the borders closed. You know, they can't get across Canada shave two hours off. But <laughs> Akron, Friday, October 29, 6 p.m. What
1: challenges do the Zips spring? It's just going to be can CMU locate shots. If CMU doesn't have errors, they've committed 24 on Saturday. If you don't have errors like that, you're going to win. Akron is a good team. They competed with everybody in the MAC so far. When CMU is rolling, and I'm going to continue to say this until it happens, nobody can touch them. And Saturday, Buffalo, the Bulls. Same question.
0: What's the expectation with Buffalo? What 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 makes the Bulls just such a challenge?
1: Their net presence is, I mean, they're pretty impressive. They have some taller middle blockers that are going to challenge Elizabeth Rosario Martinez, who's been stepping up. Gallings challenged challenges seniors, and she's stepped up behind that, but. Gonna be their block, can we find a way around that? So
0: then also, quick Seamus Plug, you have a big feature story coming out this week's sprint edition, don't you?
1: Yes, sir. Uh,
0: since I have you here, do you wanna just give a little tease to exactly what that is about?
1: Yeah, so Anna or Anna Erickson and Lisbeth Rosario Martinez are both players on the volleyball team. Lisbeth, as most people know, is from the Dominican Republic. Anna is from Hopkins, Minnesota. You wouldn't expect it, but Anna's fluent in Spanish and her and Elizabeth have become best friends because of it. The relationship and how they got to this point in life was just incredible to find out about, and I think it's a good read. So.
0: Absolutely, if you get a chance, you can check it out online. I guess I'll have that up there Wednesday night officially, but also Thursday in the print. You can find it in print. You can find it around campus, at Michigan University. You can find it all across my plus, Pleasant. there's places where you can find it. Any last thing? Any last things we can give you just about? To see me volleyball before we sign off this week, Sean.
1: What we're seeing, what we have seen so far, I don't think is going to be the final outcome. I don't know if we'll go on a seven-game win streak, but I don't think we're going to end up so far below five hundred that we don't got a shot in the net. All right, thanks, gentlemen. That's Mister Sean
0: Chase. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Big thanks to Mister Sean Chase. Always a good time talking with him. But now let's transition here. Let's talk some CMU soccer with Noel Wolbrook. <laughs> All right, join me now after a wild, wild weekend of soccer, Mr. Noah Wilbrook. Noah, happy Monday. I know it's rainy, but how are we feeling today?
2: Feeling feeling really good.
0: Good, glad to hear, glad to hear. So, let's talk about this little past week here. Obviously, Sunday's game, double overtime, thriller, holy smokes. But before that, Thursday's game.
2: Yes, sir. Another, Another double overtime game, Kent State.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm going to try that again because I blink. So, two games. Um, no losses, technically. So, uh, Thursday at Kent State. Um, the worst outcome hate in sports. It shouldn't be an outcome. A 1-1 tie. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, a 3-2 double overtime victory on senior day for the Chippewas. First things first, talk to me about the Kent State game.
2: So, we're at, there's a, an away game for us. We're at Kent State. And they now are tied for the number one spot. So it was a a tough weekend for the Chips. But um, we went out there and uh, Chesney, or not Chesney, uh, my my apologies. Uh, Elizabeth Chilston got a goal uh, going into halftime. That was really, really critical because uh, against a team like Kent State, who has a really high-powered offense, uh, we like A goal was needed for that game. It, they only ended up scoring one to tie it up, but, man, it was electric. It was physical. At the end of the game, I was talking to Coach him. I was saying, you know, I've seen you guys play a few double overtime games this year, but the girls look pretty burnt out during this one. They look like they put a lot of energy into that game. He's like, yeah, because we had a couple players go down, so they're shorthanded. That was a tough, rough physical game. But most importantly, tough, rough physical.
0: Should there's should, should there still should there still be ties? Just in sports in general.
2: You no, know, I I don't think there should be. I understand maybe for certain soccer is something that's always kind of been around tie like ties, but especially for like football, I don't think there should be ties. Even even soccer, you even a shootout at the end. Take, penalty like kicks, that, take yeah. the penalty
0: kicks like they did in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Like, man, but then that long trip back from Kent, then Sunday senior day, Ohio topped even the MAC at that point. Just talk to me about that game because I read your article. And man, it was <laughs> it was gonna be a fun one, but just talk to me about this game.
2: Man, it was it was crazy. There was a lot of CMU fans in the stands. Ohio actually had a pretty decent and loud section to start the game. When they started the game, the the fans were pretty rowdy, but as Central scored and got a little closer, they didn't, they weren't as loud, but man, a lot of crazy scores, two free kick goals, one to win the game, one to tie the game with just a few minutes left. It was, it was a lot of back and forth, you know, offense, defense, they're pressing, they're letting back a little bit. But I, the last twenty-five minutes of play for that whole game, that's when it really all happened.
0: So then, goal with me with that free kick and a double overtime. That just talked me through that moment.
2: So she, we got a foul called right at the perfect spot, right for, right in front of goal, free kick, basically just a little bit further out penalty kick at that point, and. Everybody in the stands is standing up. Everybody's got their eyes on, right on the game. Everybody's just on the edge of their seat. Is she going to shoot it? Is she going to maybe lob it up for a pass? But as soon as it left her foot, I think every person in that crowd at that game watching it, they knew. They're like, that's it. That's going right in. The perfect place kick, just a nice curving right in the top left of the net. Perfect.
0: Right where Mama keeps the peanut butter. Man, it's yeah. a good one. But, man, okay, so talking about these max settings right now because I remember correctly, I think it's two points for a win, one point for a tie, I think that's how that goes in the uh, conference. Yeah,
3: I,
2: I think so.
0: So right now, one game left against Eastern. Where are they sitting right now?
2: So right now we're in sixth place. Hey, all right. We're right. Right there. We're, you know, we, if we take that sixth spot, that means we get to go into tournament play. But Miami slowly... But Shirley is right behind us. We're five, four, and one in the Mac. They're five and five. So this next game against Eastern is vital. Eastern has not had a great season. Um, they have one total Mac win and two total wins on the whole season. So they're not playing their best, but like we talked about last week, with the team with nothing to lose, might be a little scary.
0: So top six get in,
2: correct? Correct. <sighs>
0: Little drama. That, that, that little tie is just coming in crucial right now instead of a loss. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But you mentioned Eastern at Eastern. I remember three years ago, I covered this team. Overtime, one of they're in, they lost. And that's when Peter McGahee got the boot. <laughs> and then Jeremy Gruff is coming. Now, here we are three years later. We're talking about a Mac, potential Mac tournament berth. It comes down to a game in Ypsilanti.
2: Yep. Like,
0: you can't write this better if you're seeing me.
2: This, this should be – the way that they're playing right now, played Kent State and Ohio, went tie-win with the two top teams in the MAC. This should not be an issue for them to win.
0: Right on. So I want to ask you before we sign off, what's your score prediction for Thursday's game at
2: Eastern Michigan? I am going to say 3-1 to one. just because, you know, they're playing really good right now. we got three goals against Ohio – Against a team like Eastern, they might be able to squeeze one in past us, but I think we should be able to get goals and goals and just kind of glide through this one, hopefully.
0: So basically, with a win or a Miami loss, they're in,
2: correct? Yep.
0: Alrighty. So, and if, no, I believe that happens, it'd be three against six and four against five, correct? In the first yeah. game. Yep. So, so yep. who's at three seed right now?
2: Three seed right now is Bowling Green. <sighs> That's a telephone. Noah, any last thoughts before we sign off for the week? Mm, I think that's about it, but man, last week's, or Sunday's game, that was, uh that was crazy. All the seniors scored on senior day, very special.
0: As a fan of Evil Rock, that was totally a day to remember. So, oh, yeah. signing off now for Mr. Noah Wilbrook. Noah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Big shout out to Noah. Again, CMU Women's Soccer finished up the regular season Thursday at Ypsilanti against Eastern Michigan. A win? a tie, or a loss from Miami gets them into the Mid-American Conference Tournament. But now, let's talk some CMU Field Hockey with Ashley Berkness. Joining me now to discuss CMU Field Hockey, we'll have one more chat for this with her, and I don't know how I feel about that, but joining me now, Miss Ashley Berkness. Ashley, happy Monday. I know it's wet and rainy out, but how are we doing? Good. Good. As good
3: as you can be with this weather.
0: Right on, right on. So, we kind of talked last week about, you know, this road stretch coming on, just how brutal it is. Um, you got two losses here. Uh, three of them lost to Bellarmine. Another Big Mac loss. Kind of puts some out of the running for Mac Tournament berth And then. Yeah. A 3-2 to two double overtime loss to St. Louis. Just talk to me about this weekend.
3: Yeah, so, Friday, I think they just didn't capitalize on those scoring opportunities, and the overall togetherness of the team was not there, and that obviously affects the score. And then on Sunday, I think the togetherness was there in the first half. They did capitalize on those opportunities as they came out scoring, and then in the second half, I just think it was not there anymore, and then St. Louis came back and won it.
0: Just managed to you got this tally straight here. That's the third time in five games that's pushed overtime. Yeah. Just – for this team, also the drop balls overtime games, just how crushing can that be for a team?
3: I yeah, it's it's very heartbreaking, you know. They and it's mostly like close games, and for them to like fight for those close games and and it not turn out the way they want and go, keep going into overtime, it's definitely crushing.
0: So end the season here. Two home games, both against a team that. I think Michigan football fans from 2006 remember very too well. Um, somehow they're in the memory of conference sport. It's Appalachian State. Friday's game goes toward the max standings. Saturday's doesn't. Last two home games, what are you looking for in particular?
3: I think, too, overall, the past games that I've covered, they've talked about working together, capitalizing on those opportunities, and not waiting for the ball, and kind of like not letting the other team's Defense dictate the game, so I think they overall need to put all of those together for this weekend.
0: And then obviously, um, I know you got through in half halfway the year, but what have you enjoyed so far as so much about about learning and understanding the game of field hockey?
3: Um, I think learning like a new sport because I didn't know anything about field hockey. So, and then seeing going to the games and feeling the atmosphere of like all the parents and get. Seeing them get excited and then the team get excited, and it's just been
0: really cool. Right on. Any last thoughts about this uh, this field hockey team before we sign off for the week?
3: Um, just go out and watch them. Go out and support their last games this weekend, last home game. So go
0: out and watch them. All right, Ashley. thank you so much for your time.
3: Thank
0: you. Again, see me field hockey has their last two regular season games of the season at home on the twenty ninth and the thirtieth, both at noon, at both against Appalachian State, a school that Michigan fans remember from most of two thousand seven on the football school but finally let's end it here let's talk some football mr christian Boer. all right ladies and gentlemen it's the last segment of the show you know what that means we're talking cmu football and we're talking it talking cmu football with not just anybody we're
4: talking to mr christian Boer. christian Happy Monday. It's wet and rainy, but how are we feeling? You know, when you said not just anybody, I can't, I honestly can't think of somebody who embodies the term anybody more than me. I'm, a, I'm very much an everyman. man. Um, that's, yeah, but no, man, another week, a lot to unpack uh, from this past weekend.
0: And fortunately, we've had about 48 hours now. Two unpacks are close to it. A 39 38 loss to Northern Illinois. Um, man, that was just. Another three-possession lead blown in the second half. Yeah. Topped with a special team's miscue, and all of a sudden this team can't afford another loss in the Mid-American Conference.
4: Yeah. Your margin of error has run out, and it's totally self-inflicted. I mean, this is a team that's very, you know, we look at the roster and you see a lot of experienced guys, experienced headliners, but the infrastructure of this team is still very young. You know, from the inside out, they're still very young. Uh, they make some mistakes. That secondary's got to figure it out. They got to figure it out fast because it's not getting any easier.
0: They're making strides, though, in my opinion. No, they
4: are. They are. It, but but it's the one. It's the long touchdown to Trayvon Rudolph, the seventy-five yarder, um, that kind of kickstarted and I use rally. That's a play that a lot of people are gonna remember. You know, and that one play kind of takes away from the rest of the second half where it was just NIU's use def- or offensive line just pummeling Central Michigan's defense. So. Yeah, uh, a lot of holes. You got to figure them out quick, and and as you mentioned, you know that margin for error is is gone now.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the infrastructure is young. Uh, going on th- uh, this team's roster online, they have uh, seventy players listed with some sort of freshman status. Yeah, it is still a very much young team, and you know, bye week. We're talking it's the bye week for everybody coming in, except I think for Buffalo and Bowling Green played on Saturday, yes. but. It's kind of a good timing for this bye week, really. Yeah,
4: absolutely. You got a lot of things you got to get figure out. You got, for one, you got to figure out offensively how to get how to keep them rolling. Uh, you can't have scoreless third quarters, Well, they scored once in the third quarter, and I think they had the field goal in the fourth. Uh, but ten points in the second half against a team like NIU eh, isn't going to cut it. Uh, it should cut it when you have an eighteen point lead going into the break. Well, you didn't. You had a ten point lead going into the break because you gave up that uh, two fourth down conversions on that last touchdown drive. So. A lot of, lot of things you've got to get figured out, and you've got to do it quickly. You know, I keep coming back to that. But, um, you know, this is a team that wants to win the MAC championship, but I don't think it's a team that's ready to win the MAC championship. Good news is you can get ready uh, because you're going to play essentially four straight MAC championship games down the stretch of the schedule.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the next game more next week when we get closer to it. Yeah. But at Western, home against Kent State, at Ball State, Home against Eastern on the Black Friday, every Thanksgiving. This stretch is just going to be the biggest
4: question mark I think I've had ever covering a team ever. Yeah, I I can't say I've ever been a part of something like this. Granted, I've only been on the football beat per se uh, for the last two years. Um, volleyball, I do remember their kind of Mac West stretch run. But things didn't fall apart for them until the very end. They were very much the dominant team. I think they won twelve games in a row at one point. Started conference play like six or seven and oh. Um and there really was no question that they were going to win the MAC, and, and they set themselves up um, with that cushion, and they needed every game. and And the reason I bring that up uh, was because you know that team, that volleyball team, and obviously two big two vaguely different sports, um, you know, with with that volleyball team, they had enough cushion at the end. Where they could afford to lose uh I believe they lost to Eastern and they lost to ball state, uh, but they still had enough cushion to win the Mac to win the Mac West. This football team doesn't have that yeah this football team doesn't have that, and they didn't have it in 2019 either. They had to go on a run and win out. They were three and two in conference play at one point. Um, there was the loss to Western and the loss to Buffalo, and they were three and two. And all of a sudden, you have to win out, and that's exactly what they have to do right now. The problem is, is that back half is loaded.
0: Yes, but it's loaded for basically everybody in the West, too, Correct. at this point, you have to assume. Right now, NAU is 4-0, and as we're talking. The other teams, it's all log at 2-2. and
4: Right, and we talked about this at, at media days, um, you and I did, about just the parity of this league in general. And you know the, the East is kind of maybe not exactly how we thought it too because instead of a top four it's essentially just a top two um, with with uh, Miami and Kent State. Uh, but that Mac West man, you called it. You called your shot. Um, I was right there with yeah. I wasn't there with yeah Northern Illinois uh, because I didn't think they had this in them. But uh, other than that, I mean Eastern they're starting to figure out how to close games now. Uh, they smacked Bowling Green. Um, they're starting to figure it out. We know what Central is. Western's going to be Western. Ball State's going to be Ball State. So, it's just the parity, man, and that's what makes this so much fun.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, especially. Uh, my take with NAU, ever talking with Coach Hammock at media day was, okay, they make sure out the gate, but by the time October or November comes around, it's going to be a different beast than they were the very start of the year. Then they beat Georgia Tech and yeah. just – and then, then on top of that, they – Walked in the big house and faced what a true, real, physical football team was like, and they kept taking on the identity ever since.
4: Yeah, no, they got pounded by Michigan. But other than that, man, they've been a good team. And and you know what the crazy part is, is that they've played in shootouts before. They played against Wyoming, and they nearly came all the way back and beat them. They were down, I think, 21 points.
0: They had a lead with like three minutes yeah, left. Yeah, they came all the way point back.
4: Lead. Uh, and, and they did the same thing to Central Michigan. It's like, it's almost like they wait. Until you take your foot off the gas, and you can't do it. You've got to play 60 minutes against these guys because the second you take your foot off their gas, they're going to go right back to what they've been doing and their identity of football, which is just pound the ball, and they're going to beat you up, and they're going to chew you up and spit you out, and that's exactly what happened. The thing with NIU, uh, too, well, if I can talk today, oh, my goodness.
0: The thing with NIU, though, as I say it properly now, they got some teams coming on the schedule that won't let off the gas. Oh, like correct. Ball State won't do that. Buffalo, Buffalo's gonna fight and scrap until all those zeros on the clock with linguist, and Western nice. Michigan. You know, at that point, they get last week of the year. Western could still be looking at MAC title if things shake a certain way
3: here.
4: Yeah, and I think that Western is sick and tired of losing the MAC title on the last day. On the last day, and they're sick and tired of doing it to Northern Illinois, which they did two years ago, yeah. uh, giving Central Michigan that MAC championship berth. So, um, you know, I guess anything can happen. I, 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 I'd love to sit here and tell you. Solid facts. I'd love to stake my flag in the ground and say this is what's going to happen. But there's a 90% chance if I do that I'm going to look like an idiot uh, just with how this conference looks. So I am, your guess is as good as mine.
0: You know, honestly, I'm about to come up with this. Probably drop this weekend. But I think there's a route Western uh, – sorry, not Western. <clears throat> Central it could still come out in the West. Oh, absolutely. It's going to take a miracle in the half. It's going to take – it's got to go 4 on stretch. But it's all got to start with Western Michigan.
4: Yeah, it does. It really does, and and you know, on paper, this matchup doesn't look good for the Boys right now. I'm gonna
0: say this about Western before we sign off here: Which second half Western Michigan is gonna show up? Is it gonna be the second half that absolutely throttle Kent State, or is it gonna be the Western Michigan team that collapsed against both Ball State and Toledo? Yeah. Which one's I... showing up? It's a Jekyll and Hyde situation with them, and if and if me C- 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 is trying to figure out a way to put to punch the gas pedal to the floor in second half. And the, the WMU that shows up for Toledo and Ball State shows up at Waldo in the second half, yeah. this could turn ugly. But if it's the WMU that shows that showed up against Kent State, yeah. we have ourselves a the slugfest here.
4: Well, absolutely, man. And I think you put it very well. They are an enigma. Western Michigan's an enigma, man, because they have all the talent and all the skill guys to go up and hang 50 on everybody they play. But for whatever reason, some second halves, they just don't show up. And, you know, they played Toledo on the road. But you can't say that only happens on the road because they laid an egg against Ball State in the biggest game of the year so far at home.
0: Ball State thumped them last 20 minutes of that game. 20 yeah. nothing
4: stretch. The wheels just fell off, and I think part of that starts with creating turnovers because that's what both Ball State and Toledo were able to do. Central Michigan hasn't been great creating turnovers, but if they can do that and they can get that done, I mean, this is a game they could win.
0: I will say this though, too, and I'm going to knock on one of this table here. CMU also, besides that, that little muff kick, muff hold,
4: I don't know if you call that turnover or not, but other than that, they have played clean football offensively the past two games. Correct, and I think a lot of that starts with the quarterback. I think making that quarterback change, Daniel Richardson, take, takes care of the football. He may not have the rocket arm that's going to blow you away. He might not be you know running around on everybody, picking up 20-yard gains, but he takes good care of the football, and he's efficient. I think he's around 60% with his completion percentage, which is all you can ask for. I mean, in football, that's a passing grade. So.
0: Yep, and also he he he's athletic enough where, if things break down and like, everything and like everything is in man-to-man coverage is like locked up, he can run on screen. We'll get ten yards for you. He's the, he's that kind of core. He's not a blazing speed guy. Right. Like like let me say a Daquan to would be. but he's athletic enough to get those chunk
4: plays with his legs if you try to go man-to-man on him. And he has outstanding pocket awareness. That dude knows when to step up. That guy knows when to push it. Uh, he's been very impressive, and we can talk about him later. Maybe do a specific episode on him, but no, he's been great.
0: All right. So before we sign
4: off this week, we have a bye week. So Christian, how do you gonna spend the bye week? Um, so I'll be covering the Lions for my side, my little freelance gig that I do that I love uh, love doing. Uh, but Saturday, Michigan, Michigan State, probably. I'll be watching that. I got to call high school football on Friday, and then Saturday will be my first Saturday to relax since. I don't know how long and and it's ironic because I'm not going to be relaxing if anything, you know, I'm a Michigan fan. You know, I'm not a CMU football fan. I'm a am a reporter. I'm objective to that. Obviously, being a student here, I want them to succeed. Um but I've got to be objective. And so my watching Michigan, I can be invested as a fan and I can scream and yell and and maybe throw things and be upset. So
0: that's me. That's me with the with the Red and Steelers 100%, but <laughs> for me, um, I think Midland. I think I, th- I think the plan is. I think Midland's gonna hit me up to uh, hopefully cover high school football playoffs. Yeah, game. I, I think that's the plan last heard. But then Saturday is my brother's twenty fifth birthday. Heck yeah, he is dude. A dy- he's deep he bleed, green and white. His wife is in the last semester of Michigan State, so I think the plan is to tailgate for that. That'll be fun. So if that's the plan, sweet. I cannot wait for that. Say
4: hi to Justin Spiro for me. Spiro Avenue show. Probably not.
0: <laughs> but, Christian, before we sign off here for this episode, any last things you want to get off your chest?
4: Oh, uh, no, sir. Just thanks for all of our listeners for following along, and I hope they're having as much fun on this ride as we are.
0: Oh, absolutely. I really, really hope. They're fired up for every Tuesday afternoon this podcast yeah. drops. But until then, hey, that's Christian Boer. I'm Mitch Fosberg, Ashley Birkness, Noah Bulbrock, and Sean Chase, and all the rest of the crew here at Stanley Sports Desk. Chippewa fans, be safe.